My Michelle Live, Sports Time Out. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Aha, here's Michelle and the gang. Uh, it's so good. I love these guys. I mean, these are my brothers, and we are here to sports. Brent Baker, uh, sports photographer and reporter, author of a crazy awesome book that will be coming out uh, next month, if I'm correct, at least soon, breaking yesterday. Three orders in a week. Woohoo! Excellent. Hey, yeah. Rich Hallstrom. He is an author. He's a veteran sports reporter from the great Northwest. He's the official 12th man of the Seattle Seahawks. And he is our sports encyclopedia. Hallstrom, Rich Hallstrom. <laughs> Garrick Payne. He is a coach. He is a pastor. He's a chaplain. He's all around cool guy. Uh, he is with us as well, Garrick Payne. Chris Brown, author of Thunder Sports Network. He is the man we call a villain because he always has a differing point of view, and yet we love him. Hello, America. Pay attention. That's how it works. Joshua McMillan, our very own Wookiee, who uh, you'll hear him as our manna on the street when you're allowed to go out on the street because he lives in Washington State. Uh, he is our sports authority, and you can tweet him at Josh Reports Live because he is a tweet heart. And my friend from high school, yes, he is indeed. He has played football. It has been his passion and his career. He's got a Hall of Fame ring to prove it, and he's a pretty cool guy, Tom Fisher. Guys, Time to sports it up. I have to ask you before we talk about some of the cool things that have happened, taking place this week, uh, tomorrow's game that I'm excited about because we're mostly Seahawks fans here. Will 2020 and even the resulting championships from 2020 and early 2021, will they come with an asterisk? I don't think so. I, I think in our even though it's, ball, though, college even though, ball, even? well, it's even though it's different, you have an additional set of challenges you have to deal with that other teams in the past have never had to deal with. Um, you know, like you look at the Seahawks, they haven't had what one positive COVID test, come, <laughs> you know, throughout this entire since August. That's part of what these teams have to deal with and part of what you have to do to win a championship that no other teams before have had to do. So it's it's a different scenario, but you have a totally different dynamic that's new and how teams navigate it um, is part of what it's going to take to win something. The most- I think that if uh, – uh, I think uh, – sorry, Rich. I, no I problem. Think that if- if Ohio State wins, yeah, it's an asterisk because they play like <laughs> half the games, everybody. But they're not going to win, though. That's that's the whole thing. Amen. I think they're Amen. Gonna be obliterated and destroyed, especially now. You know, they wanted to uh, do the whole, uh, you know, the whole reference to them not not having COVID on their team after playing like two or three weekends. So you know, uh, uh-huh. they wanted to do that when they scored um, in the game the other night. But now they're having problems. And I say, hey, well, y'all, you know, you were so awesome then. Now you got to man up and, and you're going to go face Bama. I think if Bama takes it, which I, I really think they will, I think they're a better team. Um, I think they shouldn't have an asterisk because even though there was a lack, there was a there was definitely in both phases of football, pro college, a a th- this season, 
um, the mark of the season was an advantage on offense because you could you could hear you know all the audibles and and quarterbacks really had the run of the field to to change plays and everything and defenses were were cluing in sometimes and sometimes they weren't and so and, and the other thing is I believe that there is a mental layer that this is just me I believe there's a mental layer that slowed things down a little bit on defense because of COVID. I think we it, what we saw just offense is going wild, just wild. Excellent point. And so, you know, I think that – but I don't think it's worth an asterisk, though. You know, some years we have that. Some years we have offenses going wild when maybe newfangled things happen. So, yeah, I think they, they slugged it out on the field um, except for the Big Ten. No asterisk because Alabama is going to take Ohio State to the woodshed by 17 points. Justin Fields may be carried off in a stretch on a stretcher, folks. So I so oh, wow. let's, let's not <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Nick Saban is a better coach than Day at Ohio State. Uh, every advantage is in Alabama's favor. Now, as far as the NFL goes, they completed a regular season, and it's just like any other regular season, except you had some major major challenges, and that's what pro. Fi- football players do is overcome challenges both on and off the field. So there's no, I think that's a good point that that's really asterisk or not. That's how life is. You got to take what comes and you've got to be able to overcome it. Life doesn't give us perfect conditions. Hello. Thank you. 2020. And now 2021 say, Oh yeah, hold my beer. We've got to really get to the point where we realize that life is not going to give us exactly what we want. Neither will the game. Josh fish. You want to weigh in? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's true. It's been a different year. That's for sure. Uh, I, I hope it doesn't carry on through uh, 2021 and we have a completely different year. Uh, but I just don't see that popping up right away. I just don't. Josh? Yeah, I, I kind of foresee that we are still going to have some issues coming into the new year. I think out of abundance of caution, a lot of these leagues are going to continue to keep up some of these protocols. Um one thing I am really hoping for, though, is that we see some holdovers from what they did this year, like the extended practice squad and the ability to bring people up twice from the practice squad in the NFL. I think Excellent that was idea. great. Personally, I want to keep that forever. That was awesome, getting to see guys brought up and play a couple of games, guys that might not always get a chance otherwise and help us fill and some guys that really took advantage of it, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it was great. I mean, you know, Shaquem Griffin is a great example as he came up and you know he he balled out and so they're like you know what yeah. i think i think we got to keep this guy around because he's he's showing up to plays and he's putting his heart on the field and going for it and you know we got to see alex collins again in this last game and how he looks so good after sitting for how long and not playing forever i mean you know the guy's got talent and i guess I, I, you know we saw he could run when he moved over to uh, to Chris's team over there in Baltimore and had almost a thousand yard season over there. Just needs a good O line, right? Uh but his and his river dancing celebration, by the way, top ten. That was, that was I like great. that. I, I'm well, kind of mixed on whether or not there's an asterisk because I mean it it's reality for everyone, you know, for one. However, I do agree that you know, Ohio State, I mean, because they played so many less games, had Toronto, for example, won the MLS Cup. Thankfully, they didn't. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, all their games were against 
most of their games were against Montreal and Vancouver. I mean, how, how does that really be indicative of winning a championship? So I, I'm, I'm kind of mixed about it. Um, but Ohio State's kind of a special case because there's not a team, a football team around that wouldn't benefit from having four bye weeks. But, but at the same time, if you go back and look like at World War II baseball, where all the best players were overseas, you don't see asterisks next to those seasons either. Exactly. That's a perfect example. Yeah, you just yeah, see hyphens for those those teams, even in football, the Phil Pitt Steagles. You see some some creative names. You <laughs> yeah. know, they merged, they did what it took to make it make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Guys, you know, though, some people are saying that Trevor Lawrence didn't get the recognition or the shot that he should have had at the Heisman Trophy this year, uh, not to take away from Devontae Smith at all. But, you know, some of that may have had to do with COVID. You know what? I know that Trevor Lawrence is a man of God, and I believe that, I, I, you know, without having seen any of his response, I know that, that that young man, his thought is, hey, if the Lord wanted me to have that, I would have had it, and Amen. I'm moving on. I'm sure Amen. that he is ready to just take the next step and and keep on going. And uh, and I, I am sad because I do feel like Clemson um, really should have been in a national championship game. You know, all things being considered, the way the Big Ten finagled it, you know, Clemson should have been there. You know, well, I mean, the, look, they were they were Ohio State just looked faster, and we know that's not true. Like that's not true. They're not faster. Oh, no them, way. But they looked no way. so much more fresh in that game. And so I'm just saying that that would have been nice. But I'm looking forward to seeing wherever he lands in the league, and and I'm I'm looking forward to following his, following his career. Well, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars better hope that they uh, make the right decision and pick him because they got to start someplace to rebuild that uh, terrible franchise. Wait, so are, that, are we, I, we out on Minchu mania? Is that we given up on Minchu? <laughs> given the choice. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, that's a good question, Josh, because I really feel like Minshew's he's delivered down there. So I, you just, I think it just matters what kind of coaching regime that they bring in. And by the way, Josh, your idea of keeping the expanded practice squad, I think that can happen if you take in, if you consider that they're going to, they're looking at expanding the schedule. Um, they're, they're looking at adding a 17th game and maybe an 18th game. Now that would be grounds to expand practice squad. So maybe all that. Can Absolutely. Happen. That is, that would be the proper way to use it because then you don't have all of your a number one guys who are dinged up in a particular week having to go because you have players to draw from that know your system, Chris. I think that's the biggest advantage there. You could get guys off the practice squad that know your system already. You know what I'm hearing here is what we like to get to is a God story uh, on a cu- in a couple ways. One, what Chris Brown said, you know, what Trevor Lawrence is probably, you know, has to. You just get that way as you walk down a road of faith, you know, when you're tried and you're trust- tested, just like in the game of, you know, game of life, just like on the game on the field. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some, and the championship isn't everything because in the end, we really do win. It's how it is how you play the game and finding joy and learning and growing. If we never lost a game in our career, you know, Coach Fish, you know, I've I've watched you play when we were in high school. You won some, you lost some. If you never lost a game, you would never be the coach that you are today, the man that you are today, uh, and you wouldn't be the player that you had become. 
Would you that's agree? true. I mean, you know, by, yeah, absolutely. By, by losing, you know, you learn how to make adjustments, you know, you learn to push yourself, you learn to work harder, you know, for an end goal, you know, I mean, uh, well, I mean, my mind went on for 22 years, but you know, and I was just kept improving and improving, you know, even, even at older, you know, you, if you put in the work and that's the game you love, uh, you know, things fall into place. There you go. And when I didn't um, get guys, picked up by the NFL or CFL, you know, I figured, all right, I'll just stay longer. I'll be the guy that played the longest, you know, and, and semi-pro. And, yeah, I'll get my Hall of Fame ring. So there was an end goal, even though I didn't get, uh, you know, the big money from the NFL or the CFL. And I'm going to tell you something else about Tom Fisher. He doesn't he doesn't talk a lot about, you know, his own, you know, tooting his own horn. Um but I'll, I'll toot it for a moment and tell you, uh, he's worked with a lot of young men, uh, young men who needed a strong, godly male figure um, when he could be working. You know, this Tom is talented enough to be working in the NFL, you know, to be coaching in the NFL. He's he's talented enough that uh, I, I would like as the XFL gets uh, up and going, maybe he'll get uh, taken up there. That would be great. But, but I've never heard him complain about that, even though I know he'd love to do that because he's worked with so many young men, as you have experienced, Garrett, too, in coaching, working with so many young men, uh, being able to be a godly light and a, and a guide in a time where men, we've talked about on the show, if you didn't hear Wednesday's show, dedicated to men and how men uh, are looked down on, laughed at, you're a joke, uh, you're incompetent, you're the reason the world is the way it is. You don't know, men, you're part of the equation and having a strong godly good man that's what we need in this day and age and you guys you guys are doing it so that's that's part of the lesson too so there you go yeah and i i think on the sports arena too i mean all of us are have been involved either as a player or a coach or a fan or a reporter or whatever but it is such a great place to learn how to handle adversity um because you can't I mean, every area of life you have adversity but sports is like you lost a game oh darn you know in the grand scheme of things not a big deal if you're a high school kid and it's a state championship it's like it feels like your whole life has just ended but when you go through those experiences you learn that and if you are in a position of influence with the the other people who are playing or the people that you're covering or whatever it just helps people to take those experiences and make turn them into those learning and adjustments experiences as opposed to my life just ended because i lost I think the key really is presence. I mean, yeah. to be there, um, my son, my middle son paid me one of the highest compliments I've ever gotten, uh, which is that, Dad, I've been watching you, and I've caught what you've – more than you've taught. I've caught. Wow. And, and, and I'm like, okay, thank you, God. That's amazing. <laughs> that, but but that, I think know, – Knowing him, that really is amazing. <laughs> You do know him. Oh, my kids can eventually say the same, and they're not thinking I've caught more than yeah, something like COVID. In a I good don't know. way, yeah. No, but, but the point being and what Coach was talking about, I think, is really key. because And, and what Brent mentioned in terms of the fact that and, – and, and bringing in the God story is that I think sometimes Christians can just be milk toast, And I don't think that God calls us to that. 
and and I think we should be passionate. I think we should be engaged. I think oh, we should be competitive. And Can I give you a little secret uh, from the, a woman's point of view? We kind of talk about y'all behind your back. We do. We what? do that. And, no you know, there's, there's a re- women, Christian women sometimes have a problem with milk toast Christian guys. I mean, who wants to date someone like that? You just, you know, you, it's just not that attractive. So men, as you're, as you're listening right now, no more milk toast. There's also a movement. Now this is outside of the sports realm, but there's a movement, no more Christian nice girls. I don't know if you've heard of that, that movement, but the, the idea is that in the, in the spirit of, we must be submissive. We must, you know, we, we want to be forgiving and relational. You know, we've, uh, women have allowed themselves to be treated horribly and uh, allowed men in particular to walk all over them without saying, Hey, this is not okay. It doesn't mean we have to be, uh, Christian uh, women who are, you know, carrying around AK-47s. And we're just saying that, you know, we, we can't be milk toast either. So there's a well, place to stand up and be real. I just have a book title that just came to me, Between Macho and Milk Toast. Because, <laughs> because I, I honestly, I don't, I don't believe in the machismo thing either, because I think that is wrong. Because it's then ridiculous. that's all about, about pride and puffing oneself up. So... Mm-hmm. And and again, I mean, Jesus walked that line between macho and milk toast. I mean, he was to be feared and to be revered, but he was humble and he was gracious. And so I think that's how we need to be as men. Hey, Garrett, I got exactly. you. Know, he took on no reputation. And you know that scripture and came in the likeness of man and being found in the image of the man. He humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. Amen. And amen. that amen. book, I get the first interview. Well, okay. I, I get the cover. Tell me the I cover, got, I got a cover already, Garrick. I got you in the middle. First of all, on one side, we have a huge life-size piece of toast, like it's milk toast. On the <laughs> other side, got like a huge like machismo bodybuilder, like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was young thing. And you in the middle like this. There you go. <laughs> I got you. I got you, man. Between macho and milk toast. Okay. All right. Uh, we're, we're expecting it. Good things there. All right. Okay. So uh, I want to switch gears and ask if anybody watched the junior hockey game between Canada and USA. the USA. Yeah. All the way. I mean, two nothing for the USA, a junior world championship. That's exactly the type of thing that the NHL needs and hockey in the United States needs. And that's exactly what, what it was, was a great. Yeah. But for, for our Canadian uh, viewers and listeners right now that, Ooh, how did that feel? Josh, uh, anyone? I mean, I'm sure it didn't feel good. I mean, that that's their sport, right? Yeah. Like, that is their sport. We yeah. are, we are the invaders in, the, in this instance, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think they had it coming. So. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, been a long time coming. You know well, he's he's pretty brave. He's getting, the, he's getting the Vancouver the Seattle hockey rivalry. He's getting the <laughs> Seattle Vancouver hockey rivalry going now. Firing it up, yeah, yeah. Got to start it up right now. Canucks and well, Jackson. some of those some of those kids may be cracking draft prospects <laughs> in several months, yeah. and they're just getting ready to beat up on some uh, some Canadians. 
next in a <laughs> year or so. I mean, well, who, I, who else is excited for uh, hockey to start, the NHL? And for those of us with a bit of a Seattle bent, uh, this will be our inaugural year for the Seattle Kraken, which is pretty cool. And do not forget back in 1917, Seattle won the first Stanley Cup. It, they weren't the Kraken then, but they won the Ooh, Stanley Cup. So we've the got Metropolitans. Oh, look at you. Yeah. yeah. Rich, hey, you got you some know, competition, I, Mr. Sports Encyclopedia. <laughs> well, I looked, so I lived in Michigan for 20 years, and it was during one of the stretches where the Red Wings were really good. And, you know, I mean, every, every sport is unique, but there is definitely – it's fun when you have a hockey team that gets on a good run. The, the rivalry they had with the Colorado Avalanche in those days was as intense as anything you'd ever see from, from – well, it, you know, UNC Duke basketball or Michigan, Ohio State football. Um, Notice you, know, you didn't get, say you, Seattle, the, Portland soccer. Yeah, well, when you get the goaltenders <laughs> having get, hit, coming to blows at mid ice in the middle of a game, you know, there, yeah, there's, I, a, I, there's a rivalry for that's you. That's real hockey. I, I'd say it's a little yeah. more similar to uh, some of the the soccer rivalries you see in in other countries in or Europe. Yeah. In Europe yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the violence. It, you know the cup is 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 a unique trophy too because you know the the players from the winning team each get a get a week with it or something like that as they they kind of go back home they get to take it with them and show it off to their communities and stuff and then they pass it on to someone else and and you don't see that with Super Bowl trophies or you know so it's I I'm looking forward to it I haven't followed the Red Wings since they dropped off the the competitive ledge and it'll be great to see the crack and come on board and. And, and see what happens. Hopefully they can be like Vegas and get to the Stanley Cup finals in the first year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the expansion draft rules for the NHL are the exact going to be the exact same rules that they used for Las Vegas and Seattle um, just announced that they have their assistant GM to go along with Ron Francis. His name escapes me right at the moment, but once again, the Kraken making all the right moves in the offseason to set up that fan base and to set up that foundation for a successful franchise. And as we look at it this way, only nine months to go. Well, you had mentioned too, Rich, in other uh broadcasts that you think the Kraken for some reason is it a hope or do you really think that the Kraken have a a shot at really making a big impression and bringing it home um maybe well I don't know going all the way what no 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 what we're gonna what I'm gonna start with is I'm gonna give you a realistic expectation and I think I said this last week and this was why one of my predictions for 2021 was that the Kraken will make the NHL playoffs. And I believe that's because of the way that they have structured the expansion draft and, and are going to be using the same rules that allowed Las Vegas to make such a leap forward in their very first year. As long as they keep those same rules and run the expansion draft that way, they are going to have a chance because professional teams have learned that expansion teams, you want expansion teams to be somewhat successful so you can sell tickets and you can sell merchandise. 
Yeah, it's it's not like the old days, like when we most of us remember when the Seahawks and Mariners started. The rules in those days were stacked against the new teams, and so it could take forever to become competitive. The Mariners are still working on it, and it's been you know almost. <laughs> you know, the Seahawks, oh the Se- you know, the Seahawks had winning records their third and fourth seasons. They didn't make the playoffs, but that was considered like one of the gold standards for expansion franchises at the time. Yes, it, it was. took Tampa Bay a lot longer. When, it, yeah. When, yeah. The, when the Seahawks had their 5-9 and nine record in their second year of 1977. It's a big achievement. That, that <laughs> was the best second-year record at that time by an NFL team in history, and that record wasn't broken until 1995 when both the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars I believe came out with uh, winning seasons and made the playoffs. Eleven and five. Yeah, but okay, until Rich, Rich you but, can have your sports encyclopedia title back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got I got some for you. I got some for you every week. So hey, don't worry about it. We got we got fifty two weeks to go. We got fifty one weeks to go. I'll make sure that there's something every week for you, man. It's awesome. You rock. So you know what the Seahawks had for Josh on Sunday? Josh turned 30 on Sunday. And uh, Josh, you said you and Russ had an agreement, right? Yeah, he said he was going to win that game for me. So I, I was pretty confident oh, the whole day. I nice. didn't really worry about it. Nice That's really awesome. Yeah. I'm going to take care had- of that one. <laughs> For those who are Seahawks fans that are listening or viewing right now, you hear me. You got me when I say this, right? That it's really nice to watch a game where at by the end of the game, you're not thinking that you may need that defibrillator. Yeah, where are my paddles? <laughs> yeah. Where's the epi- where's the epinephrine? Where's the medication? <laughs> well, and there was also no, no pressure for us on that game at that point in terms of the results of the game either because either way i don't think anything would have changed we were locked in at that yeah, point. But we were it's momentum. In. yeah sure it's, it's sure momentum. you don't want to lose going in to the there's game. a lot less, lost, less hand wringing than it would have been <laughs> wouldn't the rams Josh, have won the talking. division if they won no, no we locked up the division by up. beating the rams last week or sorry the week before we had a two yeah. game we, we had a two game lead oh. and it ended up yeah, so I thought that was for the division title. Yeah, so and and Josh, that's because they lost. Because talking. well, when they played the Rams, it was for the division title. If the Rams had won, Seahawks and Rams would have finished tied, but the Rams would have swept. But by when the Seahawks won, they pushed right. them two two games back with one game to go. Right. So, so that Jets loss hurt the Rams, or could have hurt the Rams. Right. Yeah. yeah. By the way, big thank you to the Dolphins for beating everyone else in the NFC West and helping us get that title. Yes. Right. I'm a Dolphins fan now. Go to a. <laughs> wait, wait, let, me, let me make a point on that, Michelle. That's that's actually that's such a great segue. <clears throat> First of all, I do want to say this. I want to get back to Garrick's book and the title. Uh, Garrick, I got like I got an example. Okay, between <laughs> milk toast and my cheesemo. Now, right here, that's my cheesemo right there. Okay, just so you know, it would look something like this. <laughs> okay perfect they, by the way david baker is nowhere near milk toast and 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 rich awesome is not machismo he's just he's just a man's man so i just want to um, hey hey check it, the check is in the mail chris i promise <laughs> long overdue for this book no hey uh, hey listen i got an idea because the nfc east uh maybe the nfc <laughs> east um 
by not having, you know, winning records and just horrible play and stuff like that. Well, I was thinking somebody, somebody jokingly wrote, I don't know if you saw this, Josh, somebody jokingly wrote on Twitter and I jumped on it. The, the Ravens, if the Ravens don't make it through the AFC, they should be given the NFC East title because we were (laughs) 4-0 against the NFC East and we got a winning record. None of them have a winning record. And I was like, well, that's a, that's a brilliant idea. What if we came up with something called the, uh, called the winner's compensation, winning compensation, something like that, where if you don't, if your division does not produce a winning record, uh, for the division winner, then then if there is another team, and as we from another the other conference, but if there's another team from the other conference that has a a winning record and a winning record against your division, they are credited with that division <laughs> crown because y'all don't deserve That's a good idea. It. You don't I like it. that. Sort of an NFL that is an NFL ex- relegation. Excellent, <laughs> excellent idea. Because you're right now you're rewarding mediocrity is what you're doing. Right. Hey, that is the way of the world. Everyone gets a participation medal. Come on. <laughs> I just love I, I just love the whining coming out of New York this week after. I mean, I know Philadelphia that didn't really compete in that game, but the whining coming out of New York from Giants fans about their six and ten team not making the playoffs. Right. Like, you know, yeah. you have no room whatsoever to complain about anything that was that not else Philadelphia's did. fault that <laughs> yes. they didn't make the playoffs. Right. Okay. okay, Garrick, I got another hot one for you. <laughs> okay. Bring this it on. is, this is a trivia. This is a trivia question that I don't think anybody on this panel may know. Maybe besides Brent. Um, if we talk about losing teams, making the playoffs, there was actually a Canadian football league team, early 1980s, the Ottawa Rough Riders. Uh, captained and quarterbacked by J.C. Watts, a follower of Christ, went three and thirteen on the regular season and played Edmonton, those historic Edmonton Eskimos teams, in the Grey Cup and eventually lost. But there is a precedent. There you go for a precedent. I believe the year was nineteen eighty-one. And this encyclopedia moment was brought to you by Rich. You took, you, you took me down on that one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I thought you, I thought the obvious Michelle. reference is aren't the, weren't the Seahawks seven and nine NFC West champs the yes. year of yes. the gold run in the playoffs? Yep. They, they beat were. the, they beat the defending champion, Super Bowl champion, New Orleans Saints. And that's where we had the uh, beast quake. The beast mode run. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, I think Carolina, when they were seven, eight and one, they also not only won their division, but a playoff game too. So, so here we go. Washington football team over Tampa Bay. That's my bold call this week. <laughs> Well, <laughs> they have a defensive hey, that could happen. They have, they have a defensive line that can rush the passer. They have a defensive yeah, line that can rush the passer. Okay, and a passer that can't move. I need to ask this question, though. Does Canadian football count as football? Or is that... Hey, hey. Oh, yes. It, oh, yes. It, oh, yes. Ask Warren Moon that question. Ask Warren Moon that question. Exactly. Look, you haven't they, lived until they have their goalposts like, out in front of the end zone. Like Things are weird over there. I don't know, man. <laughs> If we're going to talk about esports, we got to talk about the Canadian Football League. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
but but Michelle, there, there's a sponsorship opportunity here to our listeners. So if you want to be the sponsor of our encyclopedia moment, um, <laughs> Rich will bring it every week, and uh, Michelle will negotiate with you the the uh, terms right. of of being this our encyclopedia moment. <laughs> But actually, Chris and I were discussing this. We need to come up with a uh, appropriate sound effect for that because we are in the 21st century, so the encyclopedia doesn't have a sound effect, does it? Oh, gosh, you're right. Ooh, we can, wow. can we make a ruffling book sound. Uh, or No, wouldn't that just be uh, a clippy popping up? <laughs> How could I help? Slam the book down on the table. Bang! Yeah, there we encyclopedia go. Encyclopedia moment. <laughs> This gives this gives pause. Do, is there a segment of our listeners that don't know what an encyclopedia is? Right, perhaps. It, it rhymes with Wikipedia. Exactly. So and Wikipedia is not an official uh, encyclopedia source. If, if our listeners not. don't already know, that's yeah, but we day- don't have. But we don't a- have. We don't have door to door to door Wikipedia salesmen though. So <laughs> Wikipedia is a dangerous place for young minds. <laughs> it is talk about fact gotta, checking gotta, it's all about google siri searches we got to say something like google rich or something like that <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a google siri voice for for rich <laughs> so guys moving forward with the nfl playoffs and making our way towards the super bowl um any thoughts predictions and the game on saturday i'm actually flying out so that i can watch a game with actual people yes i will take protective measures you have to these days but you know i'm in a i'm in a heavy lockdown state i just wanted to go with some friends and be able to have a small group do you have a seahawks mask boom i do i do okay good so i'm good I'm good. Perfect. I'll be back. Um, so send I, us send <laughs> us pictures. Post pictures on my Michelle live. Oh heck yeah! Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I know though. We're going to be looking at a couple of teams that really know each other well: the Rams and the Seahawks for Saturday's game. Um, looking forward, uh, and Seahawks aren't the only team uh, to talk about. So I want to just kind of open it up. Let's start with Tom Fisher. Um, your thoughts as we move forward for the Seahawks, for the playoffs, who we might see in the final showdown? Well, you know, obviously we're facing the Rams next week and we're very familiar with each other and what's going on. I believe that we're going to be facing a different quarterback. And so hopefully we aren't flat like we were uh, last week in the whole second and third quarter and then come to life in the fourth quarter. Okay. It lulls yeah. me to sleep, too, but, you know. <laughs> so uh, who we see after that, which will probably be New Orleans. You know, I'm not trying to look past the Rams, but I, I think we say, do take the Rams out. <laughs> right. But, I mean, you know, I, you know, uh, Drew Brees, you know, he's legit. And if it wasn't for a bad call last year, they, you know, they probably would have been Super Bowl champs. You know, I... I so I don't know. Seattle, we just got to take one game at a time, get in the game, put your foot on the throttle, and go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyone else? It, well, and, you know, I think one of the big things here 
is that for the first time in a while, we have our full force offensive line going. When this exactly. offensive line, yep. when all of these guys are on the field, we're 5-0. and and yep. we have a much worse record in the rest of the yeah, games. Yeah, they're 5-0 and and averaging 30 points a game with yep. the, yeah. the healthy offensive line. Yeah, I, huge. I, that was exactly my out. point going to be, is is our offensive line, I think, is key, as we saw in the last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in the Seattle's... First, half, first three quarters of last game. <laughs> Sorry, Garrett. Seattle is, Seattle's 2-0 and against the Rams this season, yes? 2-1. 1-1. 1-1. 1-1. 1-1. 1-1. The defensive turnaround really started in the second half of the That's first That's exactly what I was game. going to mention, Brent. So, you know, it's like they kind of found themselves because they were getting blown out at halftime, but then they held the Rams to like one score after halftime and then, you know, no touchdowns the last time they played them. I think, like others have said, the offensive line being back together is huge because you, Aaron Donald is still going to be a problem. I honestly think if the with the offensive line together, it's not so much keeping Donald from sacking Wilson, but make, establishing the run game in a way that they've been trying to do for weeks – but if they can get that going, then the play action will will open wide up for them. Um, but if you lose, you know, if you lose Brandon Shell again or or one of those guys, it could be a, a real problem. And I, I think the offensive line staying healthy is going to be the key to the offense, like returning to something resembling fully functional that we had earlier in the season. Um, and the defense, it's kind of about health right now. I mean, how effective is Jamal Adams going to be? Um, how effective is Jaron Reed going to be? How effective is Shaquille Griffin going to be? All those guys are dinged up. Um, if if two of those three guys are are close to the top of their game, I I feel really good about this game and, and going forward. Jamal if, Adams know, will play with one arm. He will, but Jamal Adams it's, it, will it, play it, with it's one arm. with no arms. It, it, it's true. <laughs> that, that's true. But how how effective will it be? Um, that's 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 more my concern. If again, I think this game they can afford not to have them all at the top of their game if they're playing hurt. But if they're playing, if they're playing the saints in a week with Alvin Kamara and, you know, I don't know if Michael Thomas would be back for, for the saints. Um, but that changes the whole dynamic there. Drew Brees, I'm not too worried, not worried as worried about him as I would have been five years ago, say, I mean, he's still <laughs> as smart as they are. He can't throw deep anymore, but he's got some scary weapons around him that, the defense we'll find out if the Seahawks get through this week, we'll find out next week, how real this defensive turnaround has been. Well, okay, guys, you... I see, I see the villain, the villain sign going up. <laughs> yes. So prepare the He's worried about them yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's about to happen. I'm a villain. I'm a villain. I'm the most chilling villain. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, you know what? I, I amped up to the villain. I wasn't going to be this, but the more I think about it, I, I was like, yep. You want to pray about moment. it first? This you want to pray on it first, brother? Huh? You want to pray on it first, brother? <laughs> this is, I might need to. This is a villain moment. Um. So, so wait a minute, folks. Wait, wait, hold on. Um. The The Seahawks, their last opponent in the season was who? 
49ers. Okay, so that Rams was meaningless. So that was a meaningless win <laughs> Pretty much. for the Seahawks, basically. The Rams are already out of it. And and the Rams are without Jared Goff, but there's a there's a factor in the Rams game that the Seahawks have not seen before. And that's that young quarterback out of my hometown in North Carolina, as far as college goes, Wake Forest, Wofford. That boy's a runner, y'all. He is not Goff a statue in the pocket. He is super athletic comparatively. And he's Oof. also a gamer. He's also a gamer. And and you know what? I, I would not be surprised if he came in there and gave you some wrinkles that you're not ready for a little bit. That, that, that but, might but, be although Pete Carroll said in his press in a, a few of his press conferences, he's you know been talking it up. And la- last one I saw, he was saying they are preparing for either eventualities in the quarterbacking staffing of uh, the the game this weekend. So they say they're ready. I do think the Rams are better off with Walford playing, to be honest. I still don't, I still see this as a game the Seahawks should win if, if they play the way they, they can. Yeah. Um, and you know, honestly, I think, I think the Seahawks are well prepared for, for that. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think Walford is the better option here. I, Jared Goff must play. Jared Goff is the guy that for, can be good, but really record for the Rams to ha- for the Rams to have for the Rams to have any shot because Wofford needs Wofford needs help from Cooper Cup and his other teammates who are good who are good and the Ram defense is going to have to play out of its mind and Aaron Donald has to get three four sacks on Russell Wilson to even keep the game close you know I, I actually like Walford better I think Jared Goff if he's playing here with his injured thumb I mean he did not look good a couple weeks ago in terms of like how uncomfortable we made him anytime he got out of the pocket or a chance to run the, I mean the guy looked scared <laughs> you know he was falling all over himself oh, yeah so sliding I, early and yeah yeah I, I don't know if he's gonna if he would be the best option here, but I do think that Walford. I think we're prepared for that kind of thing. I mean, look at how our linebackers have been playing this year. KJ Wright moving over to the Sam spot has just been absolutely destroying that edge. He's you know called the screen master for a reason, but he's also setting that edge. You're not seeing people pop out and get it out on his side of the field anymore. Jordan Brooks flying around. Bobby Wagner uh, six time. First team all pro. He's the 11th linebacker to do that in history. And the, the first 10 all, are all Hall of Famers. So our linebacker core has, re- that's been a huge part of why our defense has been so good. We've exactly. been keeping the edge going. We've been shooting those gaps. And, uh, you know, I've been impressed with our secondary as well. But I think we're we're prepared for what Walford can bring. But I do think he's the better option if the Rams want to have a chance. Uh, I agree with you. And it's uh, to me, it's not so much uh, – are we prepared, but have we solidified? Because we did take a good portion of the year to bring ourselves together. You know, we've had some hits and misses. We've been, oh, and now are we finally lined up? Are we going to stay lined up? Is this our year? I guess that will remain to be seen as we watch the game on Saturday and I'll be in a public place. I'm so excited. But it is time for us to take our final shot where we go around the round table and give a shout out, a thought or mention to something that we want to bring to your attention so let us start with brent baker since he is in the upper corner of the uh brady bunch squares that we're i am not in the upper corner from from my perspective here so you aren't you are in mine (laughs) mine too as i'm delaying here (laughs) he's trying to come up with something oh hey how about um 
I will take a shot at the Cleveland, soon to be formerly known as Indians. I don't know how they're going to manage that. But so they traded away a potential future Hall of Famer in Francisco Lindor to the New York Mets. Um, the New York Mets are the, should be like the Seattle Mariners' favorite team because they served as kind of our, our farm club when we didn't have a farm system because that's where we got Jared Kelnick and, and others from. They have a new general manager, the Mets do. And so they actually, uh, they may have actually won this trade by getting Lindor and Carlos Carrasco for some minor leaguers that aren't like their top flight guys because Lindor only has like one year left on his contract. So anyway, the, the Mets are resurrected and I, I, I guess I kind of have to give kudos to them for, for making a move that actually looks like it'll work for them. And I'm sorry to you Cleveland Indians fans that may be out there who will lose your nickname and apparently the identity of your team now with your best player now in New York. Yeah, that's I think we should just call everybody that football team from Seattle, that football team from Washington, that football team from. Yeah, please come up with a name because Let's just, it, it, just do I away mean, with it, nicknames altogether. How's that? See, <laughs> football franchise. <laughs> All right, let's go with Rich Hallstrom. Well, I gotta say, I'm gonna give a shout out to Dodgers Hall of Fame manager Tommy Lasorda passed away this morning at the age of 93. World Series champion in 1988, thanks to Kirk Gibson and a very famous home run. Uh, but Tommy Lasorda, a man who loved the game of baseball, also coached the United States in the Olympics in the 1980s, and he will be sorely missed. Yeah. He was with the Dodgers longer than Vin Scully, if you can imagine that. And, you know, Vin Scully, what, started announcing for them when they were still in Brooklyn in the early 50s, and Lasorda was with them longer, so... That's that's a lifer. Well, I'm going to give uh, my shout out to uh, DK Metcalf and Steve Largent. I mean, I and I do have to give a shout out to Tyler Lockett. There was a couple of for our beloved Seahawks. Uh, there were a couple records broken, and that's pretty cool. But I, I really like this story where Seahawks legend, man of God, Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Largent delivered a message to DK Metcalf after watching uh the receiver, you know, DK, uh, break uh, Largent's franchise record for receiving yards in a single season. It was like uh, over 1,200, uh, 1,287. Metcat ultimately finished the 2020 season with 1,303. So there you go to put it in perspective. And I'm going to see if I can play this soundbite for you, see if you guys can hear it. Let's try it. Let's give it a go. Steve? Hey, DK. Steve Largent here. want to say congratulations on the great year you're having so far and wish you the best uh, in the future games and hopefully on into the playoffs. And I want to show you what I've got on here. Look at that. Get my arm up far enough. Yeah, I got my DK jersey on. How about that, buddy? <laughs> yes, so sir. cool. I'm really proud of you and proud of the way you're playing. You're playing hard and uh, you're playing tough. And I love to see that out there on the field. And I uh, just want to wish you all the best. Uh, in the- 
Yeah, I thought that was great. He was wearing a DK uh, Metcalf jersey. I don't know if you could hear that effectively, but that that was that was pretty cool. So that's that's the way it's done. That's the way it's done. So there you go. All right, who's next? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll uh, I'll shout out to Tyler Lockett, who not to be outdone uh, by the yards of DK Metcalf, came away with 100 receptions on the season breaking the franchise record for most receptions in a season. Uh, so he, he didn't even want to be outdone there. He wanted to say like, Hey, no, don't forget me. I'm still worthy of being a number one guy too. So I'm, was that I'm here. Brian Blades record or whose record was that? Uh, that, that was, was also a large. And that was Baldwin. Was oh, that was Baldwin season. Yeah. Single season oh. record. Yeah. Okay. And the hundredth okay. catch coming on the game winning touchdown. That was pretty awesome too. That okay. was great. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that's pr- I love Tyler Lockett. I think he's smaller than me. I, <laughs> I like it. Garrick. I'm going to give my sh- final shot. I don't think that he would classify as a Seahawks legend, but <laughs> he was a former Seahawks player. Uh he's become a friend of mine over the years and and actually spoke to a my fellowship group yesterday. Um I'm but, so sorry I missed that. That was That's okay. I'll I'll actually send you the uh, Zoom and you can post it up on on my Michelle. Um but Jeff Kemp is a guy who just um He's a legend to me, man. He he's an amazing yeah. guy and he started the nonprofit organization Stronger Families that I was a part of for about 8 years and he's now just speaking into the lives of men and families and uh, went over and was with family life for a while. And, but just, uh, just a great leader, a great man. And, but just humble as well. And, uh, and when Michelle posts that it's worth watching because um, he he just gives us some really great um, encouragement. His father of course was Jack Kemp, who was a vice presidential candidate with Bob Dole. He was the HUD secretary. Um, but uh, but there's so many things that that we can glean from uh, people who have been in the spotlight, been in the limelight, but they live a life of humility. And, you know, Amen. Steve Largent, Jim Zorn, um, Jeff Kemp, we, we can say all those names together because those are some some great Seahawks uh, players. So so my final shot goes to Jeff. And here's an insignificant entry for your encyclopedic, encyclopedic mind, Rich. Uh, he is, Jeff Kemp is actually the number one sports figure that uh, of all sports figures that I've interviewed. I've interviewed him more than any other. So there you go. Ooh, wow. Well, that's <laughs> that a great, matters. great show <laughs> of character by Jeff day in and day out. Yeah. I have so many stories when he was a backup quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks that we could go on and on about just being a good teammate and supporting the people around you and knowing your role. And I know that he learned that from his dad because his dad was a great person of service, both in politics and out of politics. So yep. Jeff had a, had an excellent example of what it means That's to it. be a man. All right. I've kind of lost track of who's talked and who's not. I think Chris, Chris is, is the only out there. Chris, is who's Chris has had lots of time to think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Chris, bring it home. Stolen from it. Yeah, I don't changed, think I have a stole yours. Four times, but I, I want to, okay. I do want to say, uh, I, I third and fourth that, uh, and fifth and sixth, the, the, the Jeff, Jeff Kemp shout out a nod. He's, he's what an awesome man of God 
you know, I've really uh, appreciated, you know, seeing him here and there. Um, even going back to his days as a Ram, he was very significant as an LA, uh, uh, Ram, wherever they were when he was, well, it was LA, it was LA. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, and his dad, who, by the way, segue, his dad plays for uh, these, uh, these Buffalo, he played for these he Buffalo was a Bills. Bill. He was yep. a, a legendary, you know, quarterback for these Buffalo Bills. And they have a big game coming up um, this, <laughs> this weekend. Okay. Huge game. And I think everybody's high on the Bills. Here's what I see. I see the Bills a lot like the Ravens were last year, you know, coming in sky high and ready to just knock out any, anybody uh, as far as we would think. But the truth is, is bam, don't go to sleep on those Colts. Not so fast. My friend, the Colts in an upset. This weekend, they're taking out the Bills. It's 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 possible. Shout out! My shout out is actually to my quarterback. I don't even think I've I've done an official shout out for Lamar Jackson. Let me tell you something. Lamar Jackson addresses press members in the zooms and the conferences as Mister Mrs. a lot of times. And he was recently asked, "Why do you do that? Why do you address you know this reporter as you know Mister Clifton Brown or whomever?" He said, "Because I was taught respect." And if I was working as you, if I was a reporter, I'd want to be respected. So that's that's why I address you all as Mr. and Mrs. when I answer. Beautiful. That's awesome. That, that is leadership. That that young man has just turned 24. And, and you know, people expect in the world of him. But there are many quarterbacks, Rich will back me on this, who won nothing in their first three years as far as playoff games. And that includes Mr. Manning. That includes Mr. Mr. Peyton Manning. Yes, One, it does. N- didn't sniff a playoff win. So I- I'm looking forward to, to number eight, purple. Uh, I think they'll be wearing white uh, this weekend, um, show- showing the world a couple things. You guys think that Chris is at home with his little – his little um, that was, that was awesome. helmet, yeah. you know, plate, you know, <laughs> is that what he me. does at his, at his uh, Those are nice props. Those are nice props every week. You got like to do that every week, man. Liken back to the days of Mr. Bill. i'm gonna toss it because it is time uh to wrap it up i man we'll be looking forward to the game uh sometimes the fun of the game for me is some of the things that you guys bring up when we message on facebook that's a lot of fun for me too so i will look forward to that and thanks for listening as you're listening or as you're watching you know this is what the god story is about it's the struggle it's the ups and downs of life but finding somewhere to camp your faith finding somewhere to ground your life and that is in a living god so if you're interested in the god story and you're like what's this all about these crazy people you want more information go to my michelle live you can email me and i'll talk god story with you all day long so will these guys too if you like what you hear like it, share it, tell your friends. Let's get that word out because in this time in America, we're hurting. We're, we're, we are experiencing anxiety. We don't know what's going on next. Men's hearts will fail them, but I am telling you, there is a living God. This God is real. This God is impacting and life changing. And he loves you. So you hear this story, you want other people to know about it, share it. We love you. Thanks for tuning in.